and welcome to episode three of the Food Coma podcast. Uh, today we are fortunate enough to have in the studio Jonathan Wyman, legendary producer, mixer, and sound engineer. Uh, he's worked with a range of talent from musicians like Rustic Overtones and Spose, and collaborated with other industry legends like Matt Wallace, Adam Hyen, and Bob Ludwig. He is here, though, because... When it came to the topic of entertaining guests, which is what we're going to discuss today, on every one of our episodes, we take a topic that seems kind of mundane, uh, that everybody has an opinion on, and we just kind of run with it. But a few years ago, uh, I was fortunate enough to go uh, to be invited over to his house, and this man knows how to put <laughs> a spread of food out for a group of people, and... I remember in particular, what were the the, the bacon jalapeno bites? Yeah, what was yeah. The... we did bacon wrap jalapeno peppers stuffed with like cream cheese. And, it just know. those things. They're like... terrific. <laughs> they're ter they're so easy. Yeah, like it just I, you, you you couldn't stop. That, yeah. that was ridiculous. <laughs> and now I, you are um, you personally uh, put a lot of emphasis on barbecue, correct? I, that's what I that my my initial like uh, the first kind of cooking I ever got really into was barbecue. And why is that? Uh, I think one day we went out to the hardware store, me and my wife, and we were going to buy a charcoal grill. We had this place out. It was sort of in the burbs, right? We had a yard and a deck, and so we were going to go out and get a, a charcoal grill. And, and nice. I was at the hardware store, and I, they had one of those cheap-ass, you know, uh, tube offset. I forget what brand it was. It was not very good, but it was a smoker. And I was like, I'd like to try that. Um... But actually, the story goes a little further. My obsession with barbecue, and this gets a little weird. This is a little weird to start right off with. But I think it's great because um, like, I'm I am not proficient in uh, the art of the of, of grilling. Okay. Like I'm much more of a braises inside, yeah. a, you know, four burner electric stove yeah. apartment yeah. stove kind of guy. So yeah. I, I this is what I want to hear. How well, it's it's up. funny the the. Uh, my obsession with actually consuming barbecue and like like I, I always it was great. I would have it twice a year and whatever. Um, but you see these giant scars on my arm? Yes. So I had a bone transplant um, to correct a giant cell bone tumor and, and, and they dug out the bad stuff and they put in, in my first surgery, they actually use cadaver chips to uh -huh. fill in the, the void that's left by taking the bad stuff out, right? Right, right. Like, other people's People. fucking <laughs> DNA. Yeah, yeah. I am at Beth Israel <laughs> Hospital in Boston being wheeled out of the OR, like being wheeled out of recovery into my room. And I'm literally asking the orderlies, I'm like, you think Blue Ribbon Barbecue would deliver here? I instantly had this wow. intense <laughs> craving for barbecue. And That's... I, I, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a superstitious guy. I'm not a particularly spiritual guy, but like I, at that moment, I had this intense craving for barbecue that lasted years and to the point where I had to like learn how to do it. Well, that that so, has to be. I mean, you, you definitely, I don't know who. It's some X-Men shit. I don't know who's, part, shit, of, yeah, don't like, know who's <laughs> part of your arm, but did, did you get your, did somebody bring you some no, more ribbon? Not no, not at that point. It was probably not a, not a terrible thing because I was like so doped up on morphine. <laughs> that all you need is to make a mess of barbecue just, in yeah, your exactly. hospital bed. It's not the most conducive food to eat in a hospital no, bed. I don't think barbecue. No. But then, then I started cooking it, and I got this sh shitty offset barrel smoker, and that rusted out, and I sort of learned how to do it, and I eventually graduated into that, you know, Weber upright thing. Um, uh, yeah, but it's like, it's it's one of those things that's like so simple and so easy, yet so easy to screw up, and there's so much bad barbecue out there. Oh, my God. And, and the worst part is like a lot of the, some of the worst barbecue I've had 
you know, it, it comes out of like a smoker that costs like fifteen thousand dollars or whatever. Exactly. You know, and some of the like, best barbecue you've ever had is like on a roadside smoker with yeah. somebody with a fifty-five gallon drum that they yeah. welded out a, a cover <laughs> on, and that's that's really it. And that's the essence of barbecue, really. That's what's like so annoying about when like a place, you know, when they try to make it look like. Uh, a gas station yeah. or whatever, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's just on a caricature. Of, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, the whole point is the person who opened this didn't necessarily want to open in a gas station, <laughs> but that was the only option. Exactly. They didn't exactly. like, they weren't like, you know, what would be cool is if we serve barbecue out of a gas station. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's just, it's so simple. And it's like, you know, it's, it's, uh, that sort of brings it into the entertaining side of it that, that brought up our topic today, yeah. because it's like, you can't really cook barbecue for two, right? No. If you have a 14-pound brisket, it's like you are you are calling a bunch of people over. And at the same time, it's like, you know, if you've got a smoker going, it's like you want to sort of utilize every square inch that's on that smoker because it's going for 14 hours. Yeah. Like, if you got a... There's another shelf. You can put some pork butts on there. You can do some. You might as well. You know, you can you can fit some of those jalapeno things around that. And like and It's the kind of thing, what I like about that is that you can, you know, you can kind of impulse, like you go to the store to buy something else and then you're like, oh, look at this big piece of meat. And you're just like, I'll just take it home and put it in a brine and then I'll put a rub on it. Yep. And eventually, you know, it's like you just kind of have it sitting there marinating, yep. getting better. And then that day comes and they yep. all go in the, in the, in the smoker together. And, um, but it was funny when I, when I, like I thought of the topic of the show based on you. It wasn't like I need somebody for the entertaining <laughs> show. I was like, John's coming over. This is something he's really good at. And so, yeah, you make it seem very effortless. And um, you're right. It's it's what fun is it if you don't have a whole gang of people to feed, you know? Yeah, yeah. no, it's and I think that's part of my personality is like I like to please people. I like to, yeah. you know have a bunch of friends over and, and, and just like everybody walk away full and happy. And (laughs) you were, you were successful. Uh, and I'm looking forward to doing it again. Uh, personally, uh, I, I feel the need to say what makes me qualified, uh, to, to weigh in on this topic. Um, I used to do these, uh, dining events called Deathmatch um, back in the kind of from 2007 to 2010. Uh And, you know, they got, they were actually sort of what put, kind of me on the map a little bit and that branched out into all the writing and the, the blogs on that stuff. But they were these, these like over the top themed events that like, I'll never forget. Like one of the guests was like, yeah, like if you like calling deathmatch a dinner party is like comparing cocaine to Senka. <laughs> <laughs> like it was just, they, they were really massive. You know, I think the last one was like at our house, like my, my friend John and I lived together. We had about, you know, 90 people over, you know, 18 chefs, 18 courses. The theme was your last meal on earth. So everybody was dressed like a funeral. It was like every single, which we'll talk about music after, but like from every single guest, I got like three songs they would listen to on their last day on earth. And so every song you heard was in the mix. Every song you heard at that party was from somebody at that party's last day. (laughs) And like, um, yeah. And and we had, I think 120 bottles of wine. We had Navari Res set up like, casks like beer and what was and, the what was the format of that was that for an article or did no, you No, we just did them we did oh them my and we God. would bankrupt the shit out of ourselves <laughs> me and my roommate we just went all out we spent we, it was like that was the thing about when i because i don't do as much of these cattle call parties as i did but like i remember i would be spending like five six hundred bucks at a whack like it, no sweat like, yeah because you can always take it further because yeah. you're like you can make people happier yeah 
And that and that that party that I was just talking about, it culminated with at three in the morning with like five of us handing around this one guy's prosthetic leg filled with absinthe, uh, <laughs> drinking out of it while he just sat there in the chair with his leg off. And that, I felt like that was a very uh, kind of Caligulan yeah, <laughs> way to, that... to finish it up. You know, we've got a lot of discussion about body parts. So we far, do. We've this is so a little much weird. Body <laughs> so much, so so much body part discussion. Well, I think that's a good start. Um, but as you said, I think you get into the mode where when you, you're doing it a lot, you get a rhythm and you it's almost like you're like, oh, 20, 30, 40. I don't care. Just yeah. keep adding people on. Yeah. I can I can deal yeah. with this, you know. Now, uh, to me, and this is where I get into my my kind of bullet points on this. And I think that even before any of the consumables, the guest list is is of utmost importance because i think the best food and the best wine in the world if you have a bunch of guests that either don't like each other or just have nothing to talk about with each other don't appreciate it or don't appreciate it yeah like they brought their friend who's like yeah good wine like i drink you know barefoot moscato usually (laughs) and like it it, so it's it's so important to to think about it and i think everybody learns the hard way on that i had a i I put a lot of effort into a, a dinner party once and i had about 18 people over and it was like the most boring night yeah. I could imagine because yeah. I was like, nobody here. I mean, eventually everybody managed to get drunk enough that it was kind of fun, but yeah. it wasn't like, you know. Yeah, those those like uh, those big barbecues I used to do. And a lot of times it was just like day of or day before I put out a, a, a some sort of Internet blast on yeah. Facebook bass, or whatever. Bass, yeah. Yeah. bass signal. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, like a big chicken leg in yeah. the sky. Hey. <laughs> um, but like there were definitely a couple of them that were, you know, somebody brought somebody and it was a little weird. Like I remember this one time somebody brought somebody over and he's like, you know, picking cigarette butts butts out of the ashtray oh, and smoking dude. them and, and it's just like it's sort dude. of Yeah, it's dude. just a weird situation. <laughs> but yeah, that that the the uh. guess is super I know, I know it's super weird and that uncomfortable. Is so weird. And, yeah, yeah. And then and then there are the times that it's just like it's so fun and so great. Yeah. And, and so I don't know, I never really curated a guest list like that. And you can never really tell, especially like holiday parties or something, right. you know, it's like, everybody's got commitments. Everybody's got something to do. And everybody's got a spouse. And I'm also, I will say right, right off the bat that I think that if your spouse is a terrible person, you're guilty by association because you brought them, <laughs> they're your responsibility and you married them or whatever. And I don't care. They're your problem. Yep. Not my problem. <laughs> Um, it is funny though when the you get that one. There is the the worst is the is the the guest you don't know personally, maybe in front of it, and they get obnoxiously drunk and they're yeah, bothering the other guests. Yeah. But I think the greatest thing that ever happened, uh, where I watched this work itself out, was we did one of those death matches. We did um, Japan, and so we had like fifty different kinds of sake. We had I think, I think we did like thirteen courses. Excuse me, and. Um, We, towards the middle, there was this guy who was just getting just like shithoused, you know? Mm -hmm. And he kept like going around being like, let's do shots. And his demise came. (laughs) He went up to one of my friends who found it amusing to, he he was like, let's do a shot. So my friend actually poured him um, a glass of cognac and told him it was sake. So he shot that down and was just like, ah. that was just the worst sake and then he proceeded to there was somebody making gyoza like right out of the the fryer later right they were delicious 
And this guy decided he really wanted another gyoza. So he pretty much went up. The basket had just come out. And he just grabbed one and popped it in his oh. mouth. And he disappeared. Like, we never we were like, oh, where did he <laughs> go? And I found out yeah, that he had, like, third-degree burns yeah. all through his mouth and on his face. He couldn't taste anything for, like, two weeks. Ugh. Like, he just... And you're like, sometimes it just works itself out. Yeah. I think, you know, I've got a sort of... Not necessarily a standing rule, but, like unspoken rule at gatherings like that like we don't do hard liquor we do beer and wine and maybe if it like if the party makes it into hour six and you've got the regulars hanging out the hardcore like good friends people you know who can hold their liquor then you can bring out a bottle of whiskey or something but like other than that it was like we had the same thing uh when jess and i got married her parents like did everything they were amazing but like their whole thing was like beer and wine and guess what like nobody got sloppy drunk nobody it was all Terrific. So that that that's kind of my little like, uh, albeit a little bit on the conservative side, but like safety precautions. I don't think that's conservative. Gathering. I mean, it's not like we're all like you know sixteen. <laughs> I think my my thing is if if you want cocktails bad enough, you bring your own. Yeah, I'm not going to provide. Well, it's also as a, as a host, it's really hard to like make cocktails unless you've got like a bowl of punch or something. Right. Or like, like I'm not going to do that. And, I'm oh, going to so provide wine. Yeah, and otherwise people are just like pouring out straight whiskey or st- you know. Uh. It just gets yeah, and I think like I said, if if you are that committed to your need to drink gin and tonics, yeah. you can bring some gin and you can bring yeah. some tonic. I'll probably have some ice. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like that's that's as far as I usually go with that. But um. It is funny with the, the 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 alcohol. It's like I'm under the impression because you know I I'm like if I'm gonna go to a party and I'm gonna drink four bottles of wine by myself, like I'm gonna bring four bottles of wine. Yeah. Like you know I think that's important. A lot of people. Do you know like yeah like people are obviously putting some dough into it and 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 even if it's if it's liquid. Quid pro quo, right? Like if you're going somewhere, yeah. you, you you bring something. Especially if you know you're going to drink that much. Because <laughs> I do. You know, yeah. I'm just like, I'm, yeah. I'm like, that's, but that's fine because I feel like if I, if I put it right back in, yeah. then it's, it's okay. That was actually one of the karmic things that sort of worked out when, when we used to have those big barbecues is like the beer would always happen and, yeah. and, and you never really needed to think about it. And that was always an easy thing because like I can be such a control freak when it comes to cooking that it's yeah. like, if somebody's like, what can I bring? Bring beer, bring wine, yeah. you know, like. That's the easy thing. Yep. And, you know, it's and sometimes it's hard to judge people for not to judge people for the things they bring. But you <laughs> I'm, know. Not, I'm not saying it was all good beer. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'm just like, I don't know. You kind of know we're all sort of into it here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we are definitely judging you for what you brought here. Um, but it's funny. And the other thing is I noticed that, like, when I'm hosting people, if I'm like I might be like on the wagon and like the whole part, like the whole dinner party, it's like. When I'm drinking, like six six of us will go through like a case of wine. Sure. But when I'm not, like the whole group has like two bottles. And I'm always like, is it You're the catalyst? What did You're I do? That. Yeah. Like what, what do I do? I don't feel like I pour it down people's throats, yeah. but I guess you just set that pace. Absolutely. I mean, as a host, you definitely You set... don't like to see empty glasses. Right. You know? Yeah. You, you, I, I think that's that's totally legit. I think as a host, you sort of set the feel for what's appropriate and what, you know. Yeah. Okay, good. It's not just me being a, no. a raging alcoholic. No. <laughs> That's good. It's always nice to I know. mean, with some of these barbecues, you know, I would start cooking at four in the morning, five in the morning. Right. And so I'd be ready for a beer by nine. Mm-hmm. So my wife would stumble out of bed and I'd be stinking of applewood and Narragansett. Beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's it's true. I mean, and that's also the cook's privilege. Yeah. 
again, provided you can handle yourself. <laughs> and that's again, uh, yeah. another reason why just like coasting on like low ABV beer, yeah. like all day, that's a way more important thing than, you know, getting some crazy 10% craft yeah. beer. No, because that beer know. thing, like it, it, what it eventually does is it doesn't even really even get you drunk. It just makes you hungrier. Yeah. And so and then tired. you start eating and tired. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm getting old, but like I can't drink heavy beers i don't anymore. drink a lot of beer at all yeah. anymore it I makes know. my stomach I'm starting, just... to, I'm starting to shy away from it i texted you the other day about wine recommendations yeah which was terrific thank you for that but I'm, like I, I it's just sort of like i think it's sugars in general like just instantly make me shut down yeah well, it's just so heavy yeah either that or it's just like watery to the point where you're like why am i even bothered i'd rather just like have a bottle of water exactly and a shot of tequila <laughs> you know like that'll cover all my needs yeah. i don't really uh, need more than that. I do like, um, I do like with the dinner party, I like making a spectacle out of the alcohol situation. Like I think one of the best things we did was we did one of the death matches and, and we actually backed somebody's pickup truck into the driveway and filled it with ice and wine. That's it. <laughs> like bottles of wine yeah. and, and beer and yeah. stuff. Or, you know, I like filling like the bathtub with champagne sure. and ice. Yeah. Not, open no. but in bottles <laughs> i'm not like hey everybody take a champagne bath while you're here and then come out you can towel off but that only works um you know you have to have a, a sexy bathtub yeah. you don't just take no, your you know want, yeah i wouldn't want to do that in my bathtub because the downstairs bathroom in my house now is pretty much relegated to the dog oh, he gets yeah. the baths in the downstairs yeah. See, upstairs is us yeah you need like the sexy clawfoot yeah tub yeah. that works and yeah. then yeah so with i mean the, with the barbecues it was always just like the the, the hardware store metal bucket and like just colossal amounts of ice that over the course of you know the summer afternoon it melts down but like at the end of the cold. party you reach in your hand hurts yep. it's so cold <laughs> there's just labels floating in uh, everywhere that have come off all the bottles it's just, yeah. you find that like one beer that you really want like in the bottom and it's like oh, it shouldn't be that cold like it really should be frozen if it's that cold but it's not <laughs> but it's not and that's the way that. it should be. I love that. Yeah. There's a lot of, you know, perks to hosting the party, I think. Um, I also like, I think uh, one of the things when we were talking about like, you know, liquor and kind of being a grown up, quote, air quotes, throw some air quotes there. I like to have like the, like the, the marijuana station. Interesting. Yeah. I have like a sugar, like a bowl I'll fill with yeah. weed and be like, here's, you know. Just have all this you want. Yeah. And it's like people, you know, like some people will hit it and some people won't. Yeah. But it's, I think it's a nice like perk. It's like, here, here's something that's going to make you hungry. Yeah. Even. There's a guy. Do you know John Vanderslice? I don't. He's a record producer, uh, musician. He's based out of the Bay Area in California. But he has these beautiful studios called Tiny Telephone. And I watched a tour of one. And he's literally got like a cabinet full of different strains of weed for yeah. everybody People in love the to like to choose. Yeah. If yeah. you put out like a bowl with two different strains yeah. or two you know two bowls yeah. and that makes it even more interactive people yeah. are like ooh like yeah. i can try both like what do i want just maybe yeah. put little put little cards out showing what each one is <laughs> you know maybe like a full blown catering thing um yeah so there's that uh what doesn't work <laughs> i found out i lived in chicago from like 1998 to 2003 and those were sort of some of the more decadent years of my life <laughs> i only read about them <laughs> yeah yeah they were I'm, I'm i think it's funny that's what makes me think that if i hadn't started all that, i probably would have been an olympic athlete the fact that i lived through <laughs> the, the constitution to make it through that but long story short so my friend david was like 
putting together this really extensive Thanksgiving spread. Mm. My, we were, fa- my favorite meal of all time. What, yeah, it was just great. And we were hanging out all day while he was doing it. And I'm pretty sure we were both doing doing lines. Um, because I remember we kept getting a lot more. But then, so everybody showed up, and I thought the party went really well. And I wasn't really, you know, because I'm out of my mind at that point. Like, yeah. it's, 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 we've been going all day. We yeah. went all night, yeah. all, you know. But it was like two days later that I had talked to him again. I hadn't talked to him. He's like, you, you ruined Thanksgiving. You know that, right? And I was like, what? Oh, my God. He's like, dude, you got everybody high when they came in. So nobody ate any food. <laughs> like I wasn't thinking. I was just thinking I was doing everybody. I was like, hey, you want to like, here's a glass of wine. You want to do you want a rail? Like, yeah. It, he's, yeah. So he's like, I had so much leftover food. You would have been better off like handing out a bowl to everybody. So <sighs> you get like remarkably hungry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, I felt really bad. <laughs> oh, no. I was like, ever since then, I still feel bad about it. No. <laughs> Actually, I feel like even talking about it right now is because I still feel guilty about sorry david i didn't, yeah, mean to ruin sorry, your, david. didn't mean to ruin your thanksgiving man but i'm sure you've had several wonderful ones without me since then <laughs> so if everybody wonders you know what actually keeps me alive and keeps my skin glowing uh it's my, it's my reckless consumption of tourmaline spring water uh, which you're enjoying? Yeah, it's terrific. Yeah, it's, it's you know the, you know the story behind it. You've told me a little bit. Yeah, give me a refresher. Well, it's it's from no, Harrison. No yeah. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> it's uh, from Harrison, Maine, and and the whole thing is that it's completely unfiltered. It comes yeah. right out of the spring and is bottled with no treatment. Yeah. I've actually drank it uh, directly out of the spring. Uh, it's just to me, it's as pure as water can get. And there's you know, and like the FDA, there's no problems. The health of any of it, it's all been cleared. Yeah. Um. And so I literally, I use it for, I make my coffee. I heard you say that, which is like, I'm a coffee snob. And so like, coffee is a big percentage of coffee is water. Yeah. Using the right water is so important. It's hugely important. If you take something that tastes like fluoride and make coffee with this out of the tap. We have, we have well water out at the studio and and it's, uh, there's a lot of iron in it and that sucks. Yeah. Cause coffee is kind of can be acidic yeah and like yeah it's, it's no bueno we use we have bottled water yeah out there, so. well that's good i'm glad to hear because i think i think a lot of people overlook that same thing with tea um oh so for the same company um they also make uh they do the amethyst elixir company which is a cbd oil Ooh. uh that is completely water soluble so basically it hits your bloodstream a little bit faster um it makes your water taste like marijuana water essentially <laughs> you're more than welcome to have some uh they label them as uh, gem grade, okay. Um, which I'm not sure what that means. But uh, have you ever seen the movie Go? No. 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 Well, anyway, there's a phrase in that where he's like, you know, this is the real deal. It's not this crunchy herbal rave shit. So that's <laughs> that's how I feel about that. And then uh, lastly, from uh, this, this, under the same umbrella are the uh, living nuts that we've been uh, <laughs> the living nuts we've been enjoying so much. <laughs> nuts. Uh, the S is a Z. And um, we had what the the zesty the had uh, just zesty almonds. Yeah, and the difference with them is that you notice right away is that rather than being roasted, they're actually sprouted. It's a two day process rather than like a fifteen minute process, and it gives them this texture. Yeah, and I, you you sort of freaked me out a little bit when like they're sprouted, not roasted. I I didn't ex- they're they're as 
crunchy and like you know good mouthfeel as yeah. any roasted almonds. It's it's bizarre. Like it's I, I did not expect to. The first time somebody gave me a, a bag of it, I'm not like a snack food guy really, but I really like those and I really like the texture of them. Now because I, I generally. Uh, when, when I decide who sponsors the show, um, it's usually based on some uh, service or a product that I already use <laughs> anyway. Uh, and so, which is why when uh, I approached Head Games Salon, which is on uh, 116 Free Street in Portland, Maine, uh, they can find them at headgameshair.com. Uh, I, it just seemed, you know, natural. I'm like, this is where I get my hair. This is where I get my beard trimmed. Because yep. I don't think it's a salon a lot of people think about a lot of guys going to. Yeah. Um, but I like going to salon. I'm not a barber the beard, guy. The beard trim is a, it's it's dude spa day. It's yeah. really, I, like, I do no it, clippers, all scissors. She all does scissors, it. straight razor sometimes. Yeah. But like, it's so luxurious. Yep. And so in addition to that, they also have a, uh, on site, they have a juice bar and an apothecary, Ooh. but they offer, you know, cut and color, massage and body, threading and waxing services, plus uh, cryo skin therapy as well. Uh, they have their own line of product called Controlled Chaos, uh, where I use their curl cream. They, the, the, the product line itself is, is conducive to uh, curly hair. Okay. Uh, and I love it and I buy it there, but you can get it at uh, controlledchaoshair.com as well. I can highly, highly recommend it. You look terrific. Thank you. And we're back. <laughs> it's funny. I wanted to talk about, I still have a couple stories about guests at parties and okay. how they can really uh, make or break. The first one was, I, I Deathmatch is a, I reference it a lot because they were just, they took so much time and effort. Mm -hmm. So if something started going wrong, it was really frustrating, yeah. you know, because they were also so expensive. But yep. we did for the second one, we, the first one we did the foie gras party. The second one we did um, uh, venison. So we went out to a deer farm and we, you know, slaughtered two deer, skinned them and broke them down for like 15 chefs who, you know, people signed up for what parts they wanted okay. of the deer. And so, Took it over the top, you know, like everybody wears camo. All the <laughs> bottles are big. And I actually, I rented Big Buck Hunter for the house. Like so the arcade the game arcade with the game. rifle? Yeah. Nice. So people are like, you know, but then the thing is like, another funny area that's is tough is when you try to integrate your like high school friends into your new friends. Uh, I didn't have any friends in high school. Oh, so okay. <laughs> well, I, I had a lot of friends, but it's like, you know, you kind of forget because you're like, oh, they're awesome. And we have so yeah. much in common. But then you realize like. Yeah, the world's colliding thing can yeah. be weird. And I remember like I had a few girls show up and they were just really loud and obnoxious and really commandeering the the big buck hunter. And I had to, but then it's so awkward because what are you gonna say? Like, shut up. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> once you actually have to open that can of worms and tell somebody to quiet down, like that's the worst. Because yeah. now it's just uncomfortable for everybody yeah. involved. Um Another thing is that uh, I remember back in, I think it was 2010, uh, Andrew Knowlton from Bon Appetit had come to the... the Co college classmate of mine, by the way. You oh, know, you I know didn't this. know that. I didn't no, know that. we lived in Parker Hall at Bates College together. You did? Yeah, he lived downstairs from me. I have an awesome Andrew Knowlton story. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, no, we both went to Bates. <laughs> oh. And we were the same graduating year. And I met Andrew in the first week of class. It would have been September 1993. And he's walking around the second floor of Parker Hall barefoot, and he's eating something out of a out of a uh, Tupperware container. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, "What are you eating?" And he's like, "Well, it 
it's macaroni and cheese, but I didn't have any milk, so I just used water. Uh and that was my first interaction with Andrew Nolan was, you know, dairyless mac and cheese. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny about that? I mean, to mac and cheese, like, we used to do these things for Dispatch Magazine where we do all, I call it too much of a good thing, where we do, like, 17 store-bought mac and cheese side sure. by side. We do, like, you know, 15 different kinds of butter, 17 different kinds of sriracha, et cetera. But the, the mac and cheese one, with the rules is we, we prepared them as according to the box. And a lot of them to like keep the calories down, they make milk optional. You don't know that because you never would make it without milk. But uh -huh. we did for the ones that said optional. Yeah. And they were disgusting. I can only imagine. And they yeah. were tan and they're just weird. Uh, I feel I feel like I I I, I uh, uh, diverted you. You were about to tell a story about it. No, no, that's a great story. And yeah. also it brings up an important point about mac and cheese, which okay. I think had to be said. Yeah. Um, no, but anyway, he was at the the death match, the the last meal. That's where we met. As a result, uh, he came back the next year and he had uh, it with David Chang because David Chang was doing his book tour for okay. Mom Momofuku yeah. that had just come up. And he was sort of the, you know, the it girl, <laughs> <laughs> if you will. Um, and so Andrew was like, oh, you know, it'd be cool is if we stay an extra day. There's all these guys who are like fun to party with and they can do like a dinner thing and we can like, all hang out. Yeah. And I thought that was great. I was pretty excited. But then it kind of like fell into the wrong hands somehow. And it became this like event with like invitations with like his face on them, like for special people. And 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 I remember like walking into this party, I, I made I made pho. So I was transporting pho for 40 people, <laughs> which a is keg of pho. oh, my God. And it was like the amount of moving parts in a bowl of pho. It's just yeah, you, you don't do that. So anyway, I remember walking into this party, quote unquote party, and he's like on a couch. And somebody's like talking at him. He looks really drunk. And somebody's just sitting across the way, just taking pictures of him, like with a big camera. And I was like, this is the wrong, like, this is what happens when you just put a bunch of people together yeah. who have no, especially when he doesn't know anybody. Yeah. Ugh. And I felt so bad. We actually kind of kidnapped him and brought him to like this. There was like a basement part of the house where we like most of us were kind of hanging out. And he could like relax a little bit. <laughs> I was just <laughs> oh, like, man. I was like, this is. You know, you can't just have anybody yeah. at a party like yeah. that. It, that it no, it's defines. true. It, it makes or breaks it. And that's part of the reason why I don't really do a whole lot of that anymore. Is like, there were definitely like some weirdo. Yeah, that guy was smoking the butts out it of the so thing. Gross, that's man. so gross, it was so gross. And that was literally like one of the straws that broke the camel's back. Like, yeah. like that just wasn't fun. There was somebody who we both know who will remain nameless, who uh, was going to. You remember that house? On Clinton Street, it's just a one-story one house, right? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He was he was literally dead set on like trying to do a backflip off of the roof. Like, yeah, no, that's uh this isn't almost famous. No. Like you know, <laughs> and we didn't have people that are there this is a liability. Yeah, yeah, and there's no. no pool. That also you know throws us makes it slightly complicated. And then you got this homeless guy smoking cigarettes out of the ashtray. And yeah. God knows, God knows what he that stole. Was, and that was all the same party. Yeah. he's like, like in your bathroom, like stealing soap. Yeah, and. <laughs> <laughs> like no i don't bueno. know no bueno yeah it's it's bad <laughs> so i think that i mean at this at this point we, we should probably talk about food i like food <laughs> because i feel like you know we're basically we just kind of talked about a party so yeah. far uh which is nothing wrong with that but i think um i like to do uh when i when i kind of 
put a dinner party together, I like to build it around like one dish and just build out from there. Mm -hmm. Like for instance, like cassoulet. Like you spend three days making cassoulet. Again, one of those things that like you just can't do it for two. That's one of my favorite foods. I never make it because it's just like such a production. It's such a production. But then you make it and like everything branches out literally where you're like all this, all the sides, the bread, the wine, like everything is revolving around this one dish. I usually like to do this around my birthday. I like to like take three days off and just cook for three days. And I made this dish called Buddha jumps over the wall, which is like this crazy Chinese celebratory dish with yeah. like the, the recipe was like two pages of ingredients along everything from like abalone to shark fin to dried scallops to lotus leaves, to, you know, a whole duck, all, yeah. all this pork, like all yeah. this chicken. Like you made like two different stocks. Like it was made, you know, awesome. and then I had like six different sides yeah. that are traditional with it. And the funny thing was, I had no idea what it was supposed to taste like. I just got intrigued right. by but, seeing it in this book. And were you able to source those ingredients? Like I had to go to Boston fin? for yeah. it. And yeah. actually, that was when I learned that shark fin, which is definitely, I think, the least ethical. Incredibly unethical. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not that good. Okay. You know, yeah, like right. I was like, okay, this is not of it. worth. It's the, yeah. yeah. I mean, I know there's probably different grades of it, but like it's expensive. Yeah. So, I mean, in that case, like why would I not get like caviar? Right. Caviar is a great party food. If, if you, you know, usually it helps if you have like a connection. I have, I, this is a thing. So my wife has been to Eastern Europe a whole lot. Yep. Um, I've never, with the exception of like, you know, fish roe and sushi, I've never actually eaten proper caviar. I've never oh. had caviar. I don't know. I don't know where to start. It's, oh, I can. I would love that sometime. It's amazing to get like, if you're, you know, you can try like the real, et cetera, from Israel and, and the, the domestic stuff is really caught up these days like snake river and all that and then you can just usually get like a big thing on like paddlefish just to kind of fill in all the gaps like i literally know nothing yeah so there's all these different grades you know i worked in like a champagne caviar club in in, in chicago called narcisse so uh was really (laughs) translated to just like drugs and champagne yeah but um, there used to be a nightclub in boston when i was growing up called narcissus oh see yeah they all have sort of by default when you bring that into the equation with the name it has to be that kind of place but anyway i learned a lot about caviar when i was there and i noticed this one thing you can't get anymore is beluga i think it's just super endangered Endangered. but it's really fun because you can either just you you can do the traditional accompaniments which is like chopped egg uh shallot um creme fraiche blini mm-hmm. pancakes mm-hmm. or it's fun just to like put out like a bag of kettle chips and some creme fraiche right and let people go or i was saying i because I, I always bring up mcdonald's once i like to fry up mcdonald's hash browns and put those caviar. out with creme fraiche for caviar and then i think the craziest thing we've done was we had a whole bunch of it caviar and the night kind of pressed on and we ended up ordering papa john's and like slathering it with caviar <laughs> 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 it was delicious um it was much better than the garlic uh butter sauce yeah. <laughs> that thing too yeah. so how, like, did, how did the um the buddha jumping over the wall come out how oh, was for like all the effort mm. so that came out great it was it was funny it was like certain elements were delicious i mean it was like every vegetable was like fried and then steamed and then like everything that so much happened to every yeah. single part we use we had like you know uh, fresh bamboo shoots and like uh-huh. and things like that and in the end it was like it was just so many elements but the the broth was insanely yeah. good the broth was like just incredible um certain things were like like dried scallops i'm like i feel like these are more for flavoring than actually eating uh they're just kind of dry and salty yeah. um the abalone was really good and they have really pretty shells 
So yeah, was, it, was, it, was it something you like deconstructed or was it like- No, you build like, it, you layer it in one big pot yeah. and then you cover it with a lotus leaf mm -hmm. and you let it steam it's in It's almost there. like a super fancy clam bake. Like, Yeah, it was crazy. It had like a whole duck, like a whole chicken, yeah. like all this stuff. I know I know, I don't need to ask this and it, mm -hmm. it's probably like kind of square, but like you've seen that movie Big Night, right? I love the It's movie. one of my favorite movies. Yeah. But like the, you know, centering everything around something like they the do with Timpano. Timpano. Yeah. Like, like just crazy ornate. Yeah. Yeah. That movie, one of my favorite food scenes in a movie is when they're eating the scrambled eggs. At the end. At the end. Oh, God. I get teary every time it's I think about so it. I've seen good. that movie at least a dozen times and I get yeah. teary every time thinking about it. And it's like, you know. They're, I don't think anybody says anything in that last Not scene. a word. I, I they think just it's all sort of silent. Like, yeah. It's like that, like, you know, him putting his hand around his brother's shoulder. It's just like, it's so sweet. And the way that whole movie is shot, it looks like a play. Yeah. You know, the angles they use. And just and, the decadence of, like, yeah. people after, like, post-meal, like, smoking yeah. cigarettes, uh, like, laying on the, the table. The priest, like, yeah. passed out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, the whole, sometimes Spaghetti likes to be alone. <laughs> the, <whole laughs> the Philistines. <laughs> She's a Philistine. <laughs> that yeah that movie is is, is absolutely and it was great because that movie came out before people got so obnoxious about food yeah. like before everybody was an expert on right. food that came out right. and it was just like really genuine feeling um but yeah building around the one thing buddha jumps over the wall like i said five different sides it was it was an yeah. event and it was really fun yeah. even if we didn't know what the finished product was supposed to taste like it seemed good enough and on, on that note i tend to go i know that's the difference with you more proficient with the grill so you can just throw big joints of meat on there i go more like the braise yep. or the chowder yep. you know the soups the soups, whatever i think the key to entertaining is you can kill yourself prepping for an unlimited amount of time but once people show up like you're all you gotta do is plate yep you know like yep. do all that work make it look effortless make it feel effortless yep. like you don't want people to feel like you're in the kitchen like freaking out yeah because that's where everybody Freaking congregates crowd, crowds exactly. you anyway. What can yeah. I do to help? What can I do to help? And I'm like, you know what you can do to help? You can Go. Pick, pick cilantro. Yeah. <laughs> here's some mussels for you to de-beard. And when you're done with that, here's some shrimp to de-vein. Yeah. Like, that's what I do when people want to be extra helpful. I'm uh, like, no. you can go sit. Here's a paper towel and some cilantro. Go sit over there and make all these stems disappear. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> no fun. Why why is I don't why is it you think that people congregate? In the kitchen, at it. yeah, it's, it's you know it's neutral territory. It's 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 uh, it's definitely where some of the action happens. But like, I don't think anybody really knows. I don't think, especially like, it seems counterintuitive for a dinner party. Like I do, we talked about it a second ago. But like, and actually, my wife and I were talking about it this morning. But like, I love cooking Thanksgiving dinner. I love doing. It's a very cathartic. Yeah, process. but it's like we did one maybe two or three years ago. In the new house, because we moved, we're on Spring Street now. Um, okay. And it's a, you know, it's an 1897 sort of like single family brick shit house. But nice. the kitchen's not huge. And it was. But you have space for your smoker and everything. No, no. Smoker's oh, gone, dude. Don't. Oh, no, wow. The no, end no of more, an era. End of an era. I haven't, I've not lit a smoker. Huh. But thankfully, we have salvage barbecue in Portland. Yeah. And, it's and like, you get your lingual, I, so. I, 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 I can, I can eat really great brisket and ribs yep. and. Um, uh, well, if I, you know, if we, we could maybe find a space. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> and I thought about, well, we'll come back to that, but like yeah. Thanksgiving, uh, I remember when we did it at the house on spring street, it was like, I was in the kitchen, the kitchen's small. It's smaller than this room we're in, which is probably 12 by 12. Um, 
This room? No, this is a, a spacious professional studio. Giant recording studio. We yeah. Are at, we are at Abbey Road Studios. We too. are. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I can't. What the are you Beatles? saying about this place? Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> this is as fancy as it gets. Yeah. Uh, but I've got my father-in-law and his brother, my uncle, you know, standing with me in the kitchen. And of course, there's that thing, whether it's over a grill, whether it's in a kitchen, that if you're within proximity to dudes older than you, they're going to tell you how to do it and you're not doing it right. And like, yep. That's true. And the best opportunity to do that is in the kitchen. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to play it like that? Yeah. That's what you're going to... It's not what I would do, yep. but yep. you know, I, I'm I'm one of these guys like carving a turkey. I'm I'm not a traditionalist when it comes to presentation of turkey. Like I don't need this giant bird to come out the table, Norman Rockwell style. Like no. I like the spat. I think they cook better spatchcocked, like where you've got the the yeah, you, meat you, out you to kind the of sides. De yeah, debone it. A little, not even debone it, but just smash take it. Out, yeah, if you yeah. take out the backbone. You you, you so like the. Uh, the dark meat, the thighs and the legs are on the on the exterior, which just by physics, by convection, gets hotter. So the breast meat stays on the inside ah. and doesn't overcook. It's not as prone to overcooking. Do you brine? Uh yes. Okay. Yep. So this is a this is something we should talk about because we like think we should. Last year, it seems like everybody just was on the anti-brine campaign. Everybody yeah. like like uh, I remember that. Uh uh, what's her name? Uh Melissa Clark was super like, you don't need to brine and 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 I don't know, man. I, th I think uh, any poultry. I uh, made a chicken. How do they decide all of a sudden something people have been doing for how long that I, you don't do it anymore? Yeah, like, it, it, and everyone's like, oh, it's messy. And, and they, you know, <laughs> they champion dry brining, which, you know, just, just, rub just throwing a shit ton of kosher salt on it and then okay. brushing it off. You basically put it in the fridge and you air dry it with a shit ton of kosher salt on it. And then when you're ready to cook it, you brush as much of it off as possible. And every time I try to do it, you know, my wife is sort of my canary in the coal mine when it comes to salinity. She's really sensitive to mm -hmm. over salting. And every time I've done that, she's just like, ah, oh, it's way too salty. It's way too salty. Um, yeah. I mean, it, the brining like evenly distributes it. It's and it's just, so just, you don't have to season more. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I didn't even like, I, I did a, I did a, like a, just a four pound Bell and Evans chicken the other night. Yeah. And, and it was like a, like a gallon of water, uh, a half, not even half a cup of salt and a quarter cup of sugar. And that yeah. was it. Maybe I threw in some aromatics or might have right. been some rosemary sitting in the fridge. I was like, let's. I'm a fan of the maple syrup, Brian. Maple syrup and salt yeah. water. Yeah, the maple syrup takes place of the of the sugar. sugar. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I should try that actually. Yeah, it's great with pork, especially. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I mean, I love brining poultry. I love brining Thanksgiving turkey. A yeah. wet brine. I mean, I, yeah, sure, it's a little bit messy, but like, is it though? It's not that messy. It's like if you have a, re a receptacle, yeah. for it, yeah, like a sink. Or sink, or you know something. Oh, um, you mean to, to actually do the put brining. the thing in? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, but they say especially if you're spatchcocking it, like because you do yeah. you do that then brine it, or do you I'd do brine it, it first and then okay. spatch it, which is actually sort of wasteful because if you if you if you brine it uh, after you spatch it, you can actually take the backbone and use it to make stock, and that's oh, yeah. one thing. Like stock is a huge part of my life. Like, just is there anything more? satisfying than when your house smells like stock and is there anything that makes everything you cook better than homemade great stock yeah, i mean like, even i still refer you you published an article about this asian chicken stock one time yeah that i that's I, I always go back to which is great with, Maybe the, not, with the with the wolf berries in yeah, it. yeah yeah and i don't i do a way simpler one thanksgiving time but i actually do chicken stock for all my thanksgiving stuff where i like just it's just like 
like four pounds of whole wings with tips and the wing. Yeah, because that's what the gelatin is. Absolutely. Like, go to the, the that, market, grab a bunch of feet. Like yeah. I get the feet yeah. from the random yeah. market. You can, you can do, you can do uh, carcasses and feet too. Yeah. That's way more economical. Yeah. And, um, and wings. Like yeah. put it, you know, more chicken, the better. Yeah. And I think a, a, an interesting, from the Chinese, the Chinese actually, even the, the method of making broth for pho that I think translates really well to all stocks is when you do some, when you really fry and brown some of the onions and ginger okay. before you put them in. Yeah, that I gives it like really a really that. crazy depth. Okay. Just by browning those. Yeah. It stands for reason. Yeah. 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 I just, I, I do this super simple, but it's one of those things like, you use it in the stuffing, you use it in the gravy, and then everything just comes out better. And, and yeah. so yeah, I, I I if I if I were to spatch it and just cut out the backbone before, I could be using that in stock and totally. I kinda I feel that way when I make veal stock. When mm -hmm. I go to like special order from like Pat's, I'll get like the bones and like beef shin. Yep. Um that stuff is like gold to me. Yeah. I'll make like shout 12 out to Pat's meat market. We love like, Pat's meat market. Yeah, with definite shout out to them. Uh, I that stuff is like gold. I like to reduce it. I cook it for like 14 hours. Yeah. So it's nice and dark. And then I'll do things like I'll make like Sapporo instant ramen with it. And it's like the best thing. You like poach an egg sure. in it and you have this amazing stock and you yeah. just like, you know, yeah, anything. And, and I, um, I do when I finish make like I'll make the chicken stock as often as I can, but I'll, uh, I'll store it. I'll do, um, muffin tins. Oh, so I'll pour yeah, it. I'll pour yeah. it into muffin tins and then freeze that. So I've got almost exactly one cup frozen. That's brilliant. Yeah, I usually go the half and full delis, like the quart containers. Okay, yeah. But the one cup is actually even better. Yeah. It can get messy, and if you close the freezer too fast, there's the backsplash <laughs> really, thing. Yeah, which is yeah not, you know that's always. Yeah, I cleaned out the freezer the other day. It was not good. <laughs> yeah, so but at least it's the freezer, so yeah. everything's frozen. <laughs> you know, it's it's not that bad. But yeah, Thanksgiving dinner, there's just. No matter, no matter if it's like your friends who are way into food or your family, like there's nothing like that smell yeah. of, of, of just all of those it's things. The greatest. And there's, you know, it's a holiday, it's a gathering with no religious subtext. Right. And there's no pressure with gifts. There's no. No, it's all about eating and that eating is and it. getting together with family and probably overindulging because everything is made better by just everything adding more butter tan and fat. And, and, yeah, yellow and beige. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 my favorite. I mean, yeah. we, we actually were talking about it this morning, and I'm excited about it. <laughs> Why is it that only uh, people generally cook turkey at Thanksgiving? It's like because turkey, if you don't do it right, it kind of sucks. Like yeah. like the way I mean, I think a lot of my a lot of what I'm good at cooking, like aside from the barbecue thing, the things I really like to cook are like red sauce and like Thanksgiving dinner. Like yeah. those are my other yes. things I like to do. And it's from having so many like disappointing childhood meals yeah. there. It's like, you know, cause we both we're about the same age. We yeah. grew up at the time that like anything less than 175 degrees for poultry. Oh my God. You know, yeah. Every time, you know, when somebody's like, Oh, it's got the little button on it that pops up. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's... I didn't know that I liked steak yeah. until like, I think I was, 16 and i yeah. had a medium rare piece of steak yeah. for the first time because so i was always like because you know you always read these things like guys like steak and steak's this big you know celebratory thing for guys and <laughs> and i was always like yeah, i have to chew it so much i have to go like spit it out like yeah. and then i finally had a, a piece of medium rare. same thing with fish yeah. like with the whole when you finally have a piece of medium rare salmon yeah that's you're like oh i get it this yeah. is delicious this is not just you know cooked so it's desiccated yeah. and you know i think i think turkey falls into that category i think like in terms of availability too it's like 
the shit you get at the grocery store this time of year is like the factory pre, they you the know butterball injected with a whole bunch of broth and preservatives and stuff yeah you know it's 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 hard to it's hard to source a fresh turkey aside from thanksgiving and christmas that's interesting i i, I where I do mean, you where do you get your turkey from uh it depends you know pat's meat market has always had a great uh i don't know where they actually get them from um but i would i would go there when i lived in the neighborhood and i, I think i went there last year too um whole foods has always had a good you know whole foods has very good it meets and, and fish, yeah. i think you know it's, it makes it convenient absolutely I mean, obviously yeah. i go to harbor fish if i have a chance or brown yeah. if i want like yep. really high-end yep. sashimi harbor fish is terrific it is it's just a great Market. experience yeah. it's like to walk yeah. in there they've got the they get the whole thing it's it, it's like when i lived in new york city it was like there were all these little you know you think about cats have you been to cats's deli no but i know so you I know walk you yeah. walk into cats's deli and they give you a ticket and then you walk up and you get something and it's a fucking free-for-all at the counter there's no line <laughs> like you've got to like fight for attention and then you get your thing and they write whatever on it and then you leave and and it's one of these like unspoken like nobody tells you the rules but you have to know the you rules to and, know. Yeah. you know and yeah harbor fish has that to like some degree where it's like okay they write the thing down and it's 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 very quaint and like but just the quality of the protein is just so good and fresh and and they'll and they'll and they'll do things like scale it for you okay and that which I is nice is it like in a whole fish situation yeah i've yeah. never cooked a whole fish oh uh i will a lot of times get a whole fish because i like to make the the stock yeah with the heads and yeah. the and all that i've never done that and i've never one my like i've never eaten and i'm like kind of ashamed to admit crab i've never eaten crab like, i know like at all i mean i'm sure i've had it in like a sushi roll and, okay but like a all whole right. crab the way that like being being born and raised in new england like i've been eating whole lobster since i was right yeah you know i could count my age on it's a rite hand. of passage yeah and I, I know how to eat a lobster i don't know how to eat a crab especially like like soft shell crab like you eat the whole thing you do well i have a friend who is like just absolutely die hard soft shell crab yeah, i've never i've never had it and uh i i really like it it's it's when it's in the season it is absolutely yeah. delicious even if you get it like the sushi place the spider roll has the the crab yeah and you do eat the whole thing and sometimes that's funny and takes a little getting used to sure but like a soft shell crab sandwich is incredible the only thing i like better are alaskan king crab legs mm -hmm. like with like a good like lemony mayo remy kind of yeah, stuff. like i've never had it yeah. it's it's I, I would take it over lobster any day okay. i would take crab over lobster any day i think crab is a little more labor intensive when you get to like picking the meat um does i it, like the stone crab do claws around around town does anybody do i think that if anybody did it'd be brown okay yeah brown has lump crab meat okay. they definitely do uh because i used it to make some crab cakes recently but I, 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 and it actually injured. Yeah, I mean, I've obviously had crab cakes. I've had, yeah. I've dated a girl from Maryland. I've had crab soup, yeah. like that I've whole had the thing. the Old Bay with the crab. Yeah, but I've never, like, I've never had crab, like, straight up, like, here's a hammer, here's a crustacean. Oh, yeah. Do yeah. Your worst. <laughs> Get into it. Yeah. yeah. I've never done that. I've never actually sat, actually, no, I like take that back. I have. I have had the whole, like, on the newspaper with the Old Bay yeah. and just the, the beer. That's actually one of the best, um, a show with a lot of really great food scenes is The Wire. Oh, and there's okay. the did you, I've never seen, watched it. No. Oh, okay. Anyway, there's a scene where they're having crabs and they just sit down with like a twelve pack of like MGD. Yeah. And crabs. Yeah. And it's like makes you so yeah. hungry. Um, and it's funny actually going back to the whole dinner party thing. Speaking of popular culture and television, because I was kind of thinking like, oh, what's the you know what's the worst dinner party I've ever been a part of? And then I was also like, but when you watch that episode of The Office. 
with the oh, dinner party. Oh, the the one with the TV that yeah, gets smashed. With oh. this plasma. Like that to me, if you want to know all the <laughs> things that can go Luka. wrong. It's got like yeah, four more hours. It only has three more hours to brace. So everybody, you know, and like, yeah, that's like literally to me, if you want to know like the do's and don'ts. <laughs> like uh, it's yeah. just it's the most awkward, incredible. No. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I think everybody knows that one, you yeah. know. And it tends to be those situations where it's not necessarily a party, but like you and your significant other get invited yeah. to somebody's place, and it's just like, oh god, this is. And you can tell they have like you know the the cookbook open on the, yeah. the counter, and they're really trying to follow it along, and yeah. it, like you can tell that's that's the thing about like. You walk into somebody's house and you know they're putting a lot of effort into it, like right now. Yeah. Like that this is hard for them. Yeah. <laughs> and so then you'd be immediately just, I don't know, I guess you plan to stop at uh McDonald's on the way home <laughs> after. I will say, what do you uh I always tend to buy a dessert. Yeah. I'm not uh, a dessert guy, right. although I've yeah, I'm not great at cooking dessert. There are my two are there two? One of my like Great white buffalo foods that I've been chasing since okay. high school is a dessert. There was a restaurant on Mass Ave in Boston. I grew up outside of Boston. And when I was, you know, able to drive, I sort of like gravitated towards Harvard Square and yep. Berkeley College of Cambridge, Music yep. and, mm -hmm. and 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 downtown. There's a, a, a Cajun restaurant there called the Dixie Kitchen that was actually owned by a woman who's now a super successful songwriter, Mary Gaucher. Is it still there? No, it's no, been okay. gone for decades. Um, they had this chocolate bourbon pecan pie. It's it's one of the best things I've ever eaten, and and I I still I I've tried to make pecan pie. I'm so terrible at it. It always comes out just cloyingly sweet and yeah. awful. And I'm gonna refer you to, you know, have you heard of the author John Thorne? Oh um, uh, no, no, he has a book called Outlaw Cook, uh -huh. and he is like somebody who really just takes like food obsessions, like so he he obsesses over things, yeah, like whether it's clafuti or like. Um, making bread or like garlic soup he, just, he, he like he'll just and he'll just research it to that's, death that's kind of how, how i am in life with everything yeah. and so he has an actually i'll lend it to you on your way out. okay uh it's got a chapter on pecan pie okay and about his just quest for and it happened it was like this one i think a childhood experience he had this one pecan pie he was chasing the dragon with yeah. well, you know but it was always like a problem of you know too sweet yeah whatever but he actually he gets down to the specifics of like what brand of of sugar you should use. Yeah. You know, like it's like Lyle's golden syrup and I mean like I've tried, brown I've sugar from Malawi. Yeah, yeah. You know, and actually I think that these living like unflavored pecans and these living nuts would yeah. be awesome yeah. in pecan pie because they yeah. have that texture that's like meatier. Yeah. But yeah, I'll lend it to you. Pecan pie when it's right. And I don't like ice cream on pie. Uh, I like whipped cream, like fresh whipped I cream. I definitely prefer whipped cream. And like pumpkin pie is my other big dessert thing. Yeah. Again, being a Thanksgiving guy. Um, and and whipped cream, maybe with a little bourbon in it. Sure. Um, pumpkin pie is pretty terrific. Yeah. Or only a little Sambuca. Yeah. The um, But yeah, like ice cream to me, when you put it on like apple pie, like it, it makes the, changes the texture of the crust. Yep. It kind of ruins it. I don't. I don't. I don't like it. No. No. Not a. It's also kind of overkill. Like it's a yeah. lot. But yeah, <laughs> it's very I American. I don't do dessert. I'm not good at cooking dessert. Um, sometimes you know my wife has a sweet tooth, and she's very good at at doing some of that. And so she would make like she'd make a blueberry buckle or something. Yeah. Like you know something in a big nine by thirteen yeah. tray to like serve a bunch of people, which is delicious. Yeah, it's totally delicious. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not great with dessert. The only time uh, Thanksgiving we'll do homemade pies, but again, yep. that's just by and large spearheading that part. Yeah. But, it's a different, 
mentality. Yeah, I feel I'm like. not a dessert person in general, yeah. even though like there's a lot of people I know and respect who are super, super good at cooking sweets and dessert and, you know, do out of this world stuff. I usually, by the time I'm done with a meal, like eating yeah. everything I want to. You know, like a glass of whiskey is a better exactly. dessert. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, like, yeah, if you're full, it's like, why am I going to keep getting more full and kind of like negate all this wine I've drank? That makes no sense. <laughs> like, I wonder how much emphasis I should really put on like decor and like you know sort of setting the scene because it's those are like really memorable for me when i go to somebody's house and it's like you know i like places that they look like like a, like a jane's addiction video like lots of christmas lights and yeah. like yeah. kind of cozy but you know sort of just surreal almost you yeah. know i always appreciate that so much but I don't know how to do it myself. I don't like, ever, like, it's funny you mentioned that because, like, my studio, there's, like, Christmas lights everywhere. Yeah. Because it's, like, it's cheap and easy. And, you know, we've got one of the signature designs at the Halo is, like, these, uh, uh, like, Japanese paper lanterns yeah. are all over the place. Because when we were building it, you know, we ran out of money before we got yeah. to the light fixtures. Right. And so literally, <laughs> like, we just took the electrical wire. I went to Home Depot, bought just bare light sockets and 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 you know put them together um cool yeah it looks great <laughs> it works, yeah. so like I'm, I'm totally into that when it's in my house i don't really you know well it's like if you you can't half-ass it yeah like you have to fully commit to de yeah. decorating yeah otherwise it just looks stupid yeah if it's a christmas party you know you can get kitschy there's a right. tree up there's a tree up the tree does the yeah. work for you yeah. yeah but like a regular thing you're like all right you have to commit yeah you know um but i've always been uh, but i really really appreciate people's houses when they are that's a talent people have yeah that's like like that some people can cook some I people have. can make yep. dessert and some people have this eye for you know the, the aesthetic sure of of just creating an, an a really intimate yeah but no, comfortable experience when we were selling the place on clinton street like there were people who were helping us like make it look oh get, just the, get the pictures so, yeah like, like, like in, uh, not in getting the pictures but like when they were showing it like making sure it looked just so and yeah it was um <laughs> again that's another skill and it yeah. works it, i mean it worked it was yeah. it was definitely no fun that they have you like they're like always cook something before people come exactly. to the house cookies. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah so it smells like people love the smell of yeah. cookies yeah and i'm not gonna lie with a lie yeah, i i do too um the so i figured this you know relevant to both i mean we're both really into it but it's your career music for yeah. you know like the playlist yeah like i sit down to make one and then halfway through i get bored of doing it so tough and you got to be diplomatic about it in some yes. ways a lot of the music i like to listen to is like either such a fucking bummer like you know you don't want to <laughs> yeah. like i love sad music yeah it's i do like, too i adore sad music yeah, so it's like you're not really gonna play that at a dinner party you know? <laughs> i mean you can <laughs> you know because chances are there's somebody else in the crowd who likes sad music too yeah um yeah like what i mean what's like what's the what's the go-to move there you it know depends like, i always go with like like lovage okay that like that's the, a that sort Mike of a Patton thing yeah my yeah. Patton one like, i can just throw that on yeah. and i'm like most people can either they either like this or yeah. they can ignore it yeah um 90s hip-hop is always a good call for yeah. me like yeah like i haven't grown up listening to tribe called quest and daylight soul yeah, a little and like, black like sheep beats, and beats rhymes and like yeah yeah, yeah yeah that's that's always a good thing i had this my friend one time started in this would have been maybe seven or eight years ago he started this pandora station on my account and i think it was a willie mitchell pandora station and it was like this amazing like 
Memphis funky instrumental, super good uh, uh, Pandora station. I don't even remember what was on it, but that was a great like huh. go to party, like just hit the button and go. Yeah, um, that's what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't want to. The worst is when you play us. Like I love to DJ. Yeah. Once it gets that time. Yeah. You know, like my favorite thing to do, like late at night, is just drink a shitload of wine yeah. and just play songs. Yeah. And like you know, the kind of thing where the minute I play one, I'm already trying to figure out the next sure. one. But the problem is, the minute you play a song, now you're committed to being the DJ. So like you got to let it go as late as you can at night yeah. at a party before you somehow get roped into it. Especially if you play something everybody likes. Like, what do you play now? Yeah. And you're like, yeah. oh god, this is the worst. That can be fun though. I had a, uh, one of my wife's friends who's a writer. Uh, came over and it was just the three of us and it was one of those things where we just sat there and went like around in a circle like one for one everybody yes. played a song that was more like, fun even back in the day with the when you had the, the, it's called the CD rotation game yeah. so you had all the CD towers yeah. and everybody would yeah. be like up looking at the top trying to yeah. figure out you know who was going to physically take a CD and yeah, put it in the yeah. CD player. And, but yeah, it's much easier now, I guess. With yeah. Let's, let's, you sort of like grab the, whatever app you're using to, to stream it or whatever. But yeah, yeah I'm, I'm actually, uh, ironically and embarrassingly bad at choosing music for events because I, I, the kind of stuff I listen yeah. to doesn't you're not good really, at vamping. Yeah. It doesn't really suit, you know, it's like for a dinner party, you know, maybe put on a Coltrane record or something. Yeah, because like, most people like Coltrane. And, yeah, you know, yeah. I can I can be like fantastically successful at it yeah. sometimes. Like I can just be on fire. Yeah. Where I and I'm choosing songs. It's not even like I'm like not even having to scroll through. Like I already know the next song I'm playing. Yeah. And then it's like and then all of a sudden there are those days where I'm just like, I. I well, and I especially I mean, if. If that's your job, if you're like, because the DJ is a host in some ways, yeah. like in a, in a wedding situation or a, even like a nightclub situation, like the DJ is curating the party, you right. know? So like you set the mood. Yeah. I mean, everything yeah. about it. You can kill it. I, yeah. I guess what, can, I'm, what I'm saying is like, that's a whole other job. That's another skill. So you got, yeah. see, that's the thing. So basically the moral of the story is if you want to have a dinner party, you're going to need five people. <laughs> you need somebody to handle the music, yep. somebody to handle the decoration, Somebody to go to the store and get all the booze, somebody to cook, and somebody to make dessert. Yeah. Sound about right? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And that about concludes our show. We've been sitting with legendary producer, mixer, and sound engineer, Jonathan Wyman. Uh, it has been an amazing time. Very fortunate that he has stopped by. I also want to take time to thank my sponsors, or our sponsors, uh, Termaline Springwater, uh, Amethyst Elixir, uh, Living Nuts, and Head Games Salon in Portland, Maine. Uh, we love all of those things, and we are very happy to have them associated with the show. Thank you, and we'll see you soon. <laughs>